here we are. So, Vision Sunday. If you have been here for any amount of time, you know that we have this packet here. In this packet, there is a lot of language, okay? And so what we have done and what we will do moving forward is we've simplified this. And so there are three phrases that you will see. It's out there in the foyer. You'll probably see it on some kind of material. It'll be on the website, all of those things. But three phrases we are going to Um, to focus in on that will basically summarize this. We're not getting away or doing something different. It's going to help summarize this so that you can recall it. But three things, everyone repeat after me. First one, exalting Jesus. Jesus. Number two, living out his mission. mission. And number three, maturing as a spiritual family. family. So those are the three things. Hey, Tweety. Those are the three things that we're going to focus in on, okay? Exalting Jesus, living out his mission, and maturing as a spiritual family. So I just want to speak into this for a few moments, and then this won't be very long, and then you guys can be dismissed into the hallways and um, and sign up for ministries and things like that. Exalting Jesus. This is a huge, huge deal to us. I wish I was thinking, like, we should put that right there. Exalting Jesus. That's what we are about. <laughs> Boom. We have Richard, put it up there. Where's Richard at? Exalting Jesus. Guys, that's, this is our core. Everything's about him. What, what does he want? What does he want to do? What does he have to say? The, this should be natural and normal for every church. Like, this isn't something unique for us. It shouldn't be unique for us. Every believer, this should be at their core. Jesus, like, what, what, do, you, what do you want? What, what is it? I remember when I first got saved, the very first thing God did in me was, like, he gave me a hunger for him. It Was that you too? Like, you got saved, and you're like, I, I have to know it's him. Like, you didn't get saved and you thought like, well, I'm just going to go, you know, hang out at the donut shop or I'm just going to go keep doing whatever. No, when you got saved, like what was, something was inside of you and you're like, this is different. This is new. What is this? Okay. okay I, I want to read the word. I want to go to prayer. I want to, God, what do you want me to do? It was all about him. Exalting Jesus. That's what we want to do here. Psalm 40, verse 16, it says, Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, say repeatedly, say habitually, the Lord be magnified. The Lord be magnified. His name be made great. So that puts us in a little bit of conflict because that means when we gather, and even my life, it's not about me and it's not about you. So if the Lord wants to use me and I'm afraid to maybe deliver a word to you or whatever, it's not about me. When when we come to gatherings and I don't like the song and all that stuff, it's not not about me. Lord, I want to exalt you. It's all about you, Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean we dishonor and disrespect people and we're mean-spirited. Because if it's really about him, then your life will look like him. Right? Okay? 
Hebrews talks about, Hebrews 12 talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus. I was thinking about that too. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's what we want to do here at Hot FM. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but who? Christ. Your life is all about him. He's on the inside of you, and he's trying to get out of you to move and have his way and do things. It's all about him. So if it does not honor Jesus, we should, we should stop dead in our tracks. If Allison and I were in a tiff, and I'm about to say something, and I know it does not honor Jesus, what should I do? Slide it out a little bit. No. <laughs> Whatever honors him, that's what we want to do. Whatever pleases his heart, right? It should be, it should be natural and normal for you to delight in the things that he delights in. If you find yourself like in a place where you're like, I don't delight in the things God delights in. It's not a good place to be in. I'd maybe encourage you to find the grace of God. His grace will help you. You don't got to go into striving mode, but God, I need your grace. I don't delight in what you delight in. For example, like prayer. I don't delight in prayer. Like it's not my joy to do that. I would say if that's you, like, okay, your thinking is off. You're, you don't, you're not seeing clearly. Like Jesus, Jesus prayed Spent time with the, he didn't have to. I mean, this is the son of God, right? It's God in the flesh. He didn't have to do that. But you know why Jesus snuck away to pray? I believe the primary reason he did that is because he simply loved being with the father. That was it. It wasn't like, man, I got to pray through these seven things and I got this thing I got to get. No, Jesus, the fuel for his prayer life was delight. I delight in him. He delights in me. That's right. So whatever exalts Jesus, that's what we want to be about here at Hot FM. You've heard this phrase, right? Giving God what he wants. Number two, living out his mission. Living out his mission. We know that we're all called, everyone, right? You, me, your person next to you, we are all called to make disciples. Everyone is, okay? We're called to make disciples, but I wanted to point out something to be sure to say this this morning was that as we are living out his mission, we have to make sure that we carry his heart. It's really easy Right, we're the army of the Lord, we're, we're soldiers in an army. It's really easy just to beat up people and to run them over. Right, I was, Luke, I was reading Luke 9, right? Jesus is traveling through towns. His, his face was set for Jerusalem and he stops in a town and people don't receive him. And what the disciples asked Jesus to do? Jesus, you want to caught on fire to destroy them? 
right? They're, they're the army, right? The 12 disciples, the army of the Lord, they're dressed and ready for battle. Their sword is out, spiritual armor, they're ready to go. And they're like, Jesus, they didn't accept you. So do we just call on fire on them, wipe them out and keep the mission going? And what does Jesus do? It says he rebuked them. If we go out and try to live out his mission and we do not have his heart, Lord, please rebuke us. And Jesus told him, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. I did not, the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. What is God's mission? What's the Father's mission? To save them. He wants to save them. And he wants to use you in the process. And so, like, what, what does discipleship look like? I want to give you an example that is uh, a little different because I think we may think discipleship is, okay, uh, I stand right here, you sit in the chair, and I just teach you, and then you listen and you move on. Okay, that is a part of it, but there's a lot of different aspects to it. Tim was telling me this, and this is the example I have. So as we have the food distribution going out uh, every uh, twice a month on Fridays, Tim was sharing with me how he's like, yeah, so he's like, my initial thought was like, okay, we get them saved, and then, you know, they're connected to the church and discipled in the church, and, you know, good plan, right? And he's like, but I'm realizing that there's believers that drive through and they don't have a church and they don't go to church. And he's like, so I've realized we have to disciple as they're driving through. We're just trying to encourage them and speak the word over them and pray with them and just whatever little nugget we can give them, we give them, we're casting seeds. Whatever seed we can throw out, we throw it out. So they're discipling. They may never come in here. They don't have to come to church, quote, to be a Christian. They have to come to Christ to be a Christian and let him, let the Lord deal with them. But I thought, oh, it's beautiful. That's discipleship. It's one of the ways. There's many ways, and there's better ways than others, but that's where they're at. And so for you, like when you go to work, Right? When you are influencing and impacting someone and just kind of throwing seeds in their area, you are going out and making disciples. So do it. It's not that your first thought should not be, okay, I got to get this person to come to church. I mean, you can, that's fine. But think about how can I, like, Lord, how, are you, how do you want to draw them to your heart, Lord? And let the Lord use you. And it may be inviting them to church. That may be the thing he uses. It may not. But just be open. Be flexible. Be a little bit more fluid. Don't be like it's stuck this way. I got to get him in the classroom, sitting down, etc. Disciple however you can. Cast seeds. There should be 200 or whatever seed sowers. As we disperse today, you should have a pocket full of seeds. And as we go out and about, you just throw them. Like, Lord, you're the Lord of the harvest. Like, you, we're going to sow the seeds and you bring them in, Lord. We don't, we don't know which one and who's going to be. We don't know that stuff, but we just need to be faithful to cast the seeds. 
The Father has a mission, and let's, but let's carry his heart with his mission. Okay? Um, okay, uh, this is one of my favorite verses. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11. Okay, as we're living out his mission, like making disciples, I want you to do it in this, like think about doing that, making disciples in this context, where he says, Paul says, that you aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands. So as you are making disciples, lead a quiet life, mind your own business, and work with your own hands. Isn't that a little different than maybe what you're thinking? Like, no, when I make disciples, it's got to be super cool, super sexy, super bit, like, it's got to be like, like this really like, everyone's got to know about it. Let me hear selfie real quick with, with the group I'm discipling, like all this stuff. And I mean, sure, do that. It's okay. It's fine. But you know, you can be an amazing discipleship maker, a maker of disciples. You can do that and like no one really knows about it that you're, you're leading a quiet life, you're minding your business, you're working with your own hands. What if we all did that? Honestly, that's what I'm trying to do. I don't need to be known for whatever reason. Nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make disciples, work with my own hands, mind my own business, lead a quiet life. That's in the Bible, that's good for us. Okay, last one. Maturing as a spiritual family. So this one has probably been at the forefront the past couple of years. Um, you all know, if you've been here for any amount of time, covenant community. Relationships, right? How, how fun. Right, God has called you to love your brothers and sisters. You love them, but you may not like them. I, I feel like we have gone to a deeper level of relationships here at Hada Fem. I feel like we have done well. I feel like a lot of people have broken past their own barrier that they have set. We're all at different levels. You know, someone like a Dustin Whitney, you know, he's friends with everyone, like everyone, right? Right, but for some of you, you're not like that, and it takes a long time. But I see growth. I see that you've, like, made the step forward, inviting people into your home, going to someone else's home, Breaking that comfort level. Guys, that is, that is good. That is a sign of growth. That means to me that you are trying to exalt Jesus. You're not making it about you. Like I know, I would, I'm, guys, I'm an introvert too. I'd rather stay home and chill and just, we got a little raised flower bed. We're trying to do some stuff. I'd rather just be, Allison do that, the kids playing. Like I'd just rather be at home. But it's not about me. Right, and I love you all, and I want to spend time with you and be with you, all of those things. And so we, we are making a lot of ground in this. And so I want to encourage us with First Thessalonians chapter four again. Where Paul says, 
by the Spirit of God, he says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all of Macedonia. Right, so he's saying they're doing a good, a great job, amazing, you love. You guys love, it's sacrificial, it's real, it's deep. You are doing it. Like God has taught you to do that. And you don't need me to teach on it anymore. You're doing it. But he doesn't end there. He's like, but we urge you. He's like, we plead with you. We say, please, brethren, that you increase more and more. So just when I thought my love for you was like, like, man, I love Doug, right? It's at the top of, I've loved Doug the best that i able to do. And God is saying, increase a little bit more in your love for that man. There is more. Right, we know that phrase, there is more. What if it's, this is the context, there's more of the love of God that can, one, touch you and change you, and then you release it to others. See, it's, it's really hard to love people when your love tank is empty, right? It's really hard. You're empty. I ain't got nothing else, Lord. But when you spend time with the Father and you receive his love for yourself, it's a little bit easier to love others. Your heart is softened. I pray that our heart as a community would be softened, that we would have tender, merciful hearts towards one another. Because to me, and not, not even me, I believe in the Bible, New Testament Christianity, what I'm talking about is, I would say, one of the primary signs of spiritual maturity. Loving your brother and sister well. To me, that, I would say that is a sign of spiritual maturity. A lot of us maybe say, well, I think spiritual gifts. I would say no. I'm all for spiritual gifts, right? We're going to teach on honoring the Holy Spirit. We're, I hope we see an explosion of the gifts of the Spirit in this place. But in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about all the spiritual gifts, right? And he ends it by saying, hey, earnestly desire the best gifts. Right? Do it. Desire it. We, I want you guys. Desire the best gifts. Do not forsake that. Do that. And yet I show you a more excellent way. So it's not a matter of picking one, okay, character or gifts. Like, which one is it? We're not having to pick one or the other, but there is a proper order. Right? When God saved you, did he not first transform your inward man of character? Right? He, that was first. Right? You used to sin a lot and you didn't, used to cuss a lot. Bad character. He changed you from the inside. Your character was transformed. And then all of a sudden you read 1 Corinthians 12 and you're like, oh, whoa. Okay, gifts. Okay, I got some gifts. 
And then you started functioning and flowing and operating in spiritual gifts. And then you gave a bad word to someone and they told you and your character had to get refined again. By the way, the word that we prayed over Mariah earlier and, and others, if anyone on a mic or in, without a mic gives you a word and it's, it's blatantly wrong and off, I want to encourage you and ask you to let them know. Keep them accountable. Keep me accountable. I welcome that. We need that. No one is above accountability. No one. But he says, I'll show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all the faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I show up to the food distribution and I'm just serving, I'm working my butt off. I'm sweating, giving food, it's hot out there, I'm doing all this stuff. And yet, Tim or JL asked me to do something and I cuss them out. You're gonna try me like that. I don't know who I am. I mean, isn't, doesn't that like, skew your view of me like Brandon did that he like wait I, I get it. he may have some gifts but like dang it just doesn't fit doesn't go well and though I give my body to be burned but have not love it profits me nothing Go there with me. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. I want, us to, I want us to read this, then we'll close. Go there. Let's read this. Guys, this has to be the fuel for our hearts. If we want to exalt Jesus, if we want to live out his mission, if we want to mature as a spiritual family, then we have to be in touch and tune with the love of God. Otherwise, it's going to get... Otherwise, we're going to have a bunch of hard hearts and stiff and robotic and just be running each other over. First Corinthians 13, verse four. Love suffers long and is kind. Guys, the Holy Spirit, he is kind. You know, one of the signs, like when you are, when you are operating in your spiritual gift, are you kind about it? We don't have to be mean to people to, I mean, we could be serious, but kind, love does not envy, does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, does not behave rudely. Man, Joe, you can't be rude to me anymore, man. You gotta love me. When I beat you in golf, Joe, you can't be rude to me. I'm sorry, man, just, just better than you. Love does not seek its own, it's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I'm still hoping for Joe one day just to beat me in golf, yes. Verse eight, love never fails. Never fails, right? You guys are, there's gonna be times where we're ministering and we're gonna miss it and we're gonna fail. Like I'm gonna give you a bad word or I'm gonna pray something and it was just not it. Or I'm not gonna be as kind sometimes. But I should have a deep love in my heart for you. There's, I, I get there's moments of irritability and we're just, you know, on edge. That, that happens. But there should be a love in our hearts for each other. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Uh-oh. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Y'all don't make me get my big diaper out. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that, huh? Yeah, let's put that away. Let's put that away. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Love. Thank you, Father, for your love for us.